Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, June 1st. Well, it is good to be back, and special thanks to Steve Cavendish of the Nashville Banner for stepping in. Today on the show, Tennessee and Vanderbilt get some big news heading into the NCAA tournament. The Grizzlies try to even the series with Utah, but we begin with Julio Jones' watch for the Tennessee Titans. The 440 is brought to you every single morning by the Kingston Group. Make sure you check out the website, buildkg.com. They are Nashville's award-winning locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm. In fact, they've been doing such good work for Nashville that they are growing their family by recruiting experienced project managers. It's just another way that the Kingston Group goes above and beyond your average, normal, regular old building company to make sure that your home comes to life exactly how you want it. Check out the website, buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. And remember the name, the Kingston Group. It is Julio Jones watch time, and the date on the calendar on Tuesday, June 1st, amplifies that watch process even more, because that is the date, June 1st, that contract details work out in Atlanta's favor so that they can spread out some of the money, which means trading him as of Tuesday, June 1st, is far more likely. I fully expect the Atlanta Falcons to move their star wide receiver at some point this week. It may even happen on Tuesday. And right now, according to the Vegas odds, at least Monday afternoon, the Tennessee Titans at plus 200 were the number one to land the star wide receiver. Now, normally going after a big time, high priced aging veteran star in free agency, or in this case, a trade is not normally the way you win games in the NFL. However, the Titans have a weakness at wide receiver. They have a win now mentality with a team that is capable of making a deep run. Should they add a couple of nice pieces? They can make the money work by renegotiating and restructuring some of the contracts of some of their big-name pieces, Ryan Tannehill, Taylor Lewan, for example. And the acquisition cost of a player like Julio Jones, which normally would be extremely high, appears to have come down, maybe as low as a second-round pick, perhaps even a third-round pick and a player, possibly Rashawn Evans, for example. Either way, it is a go-for-it-now move by John Robinson that I think he should be making. They are going to trade Julio Jones. He clearly wants out. The Titans have a need at wide receiver. Julio Jones, when healthy, which is a risky part of this equation because he's missed a lot of games over the course of his career, is a difference-making player for the Tennessee Titans. This is one of those rare situations where going after the high-priced, big-ticket item actually makes sense for the Tennessee Titans. They have the need at wide receiver. If healthy, which is a big risk because Julio Jones has missed a lot of time, He is a difference-making piece that totally changes the dynamic of the offense. Does it automatically make them head and shoulders above the Indianapolis Colts and a challenger for the Chiefs in the AFC? No, of course it doesn't. The NFL is very hard, and there's lots of tough games on the schedule, but it certainly gives them a better chance. Does he play defense? No, still a huge concern. But Julio Jones, packaged with A.J. Brown, packaged with Derrick Henry, creates a pretty formidable trio on offense that defenses are going to have to deal with. It certainly takes some of the pressure off new coordinator Todd Downing and the entirely reworked defense that has to show improvement from last year if this team wants to contend for a Super Bowl. Keep those ears and eyes to the ground, folks, because by the time you hear this, Julio Jones might already have been traded. The NCAA baseball tournament field is set, and after a very eventful SEC weekend in Hoover, both Vanderbilt and Tennessee have landed top eight national seeds, which of course means that as long as both teams keep winning, they will get to play every game at home until they reach the College World Series. 
Vandy got bounced early last weekend in disappointing fashion, but there is no shame in losing to Arkansas and Ole Miss, and it didn't really impact their seeding all that much. They are the number four overall seed in the nation and will host a regional this weekend against Georgia Tech, Indiana State, and Presbyterian. Should Vanderbilt win their regional, they will host the winner of the Greenville Regional, which features number 13, East Carolina. First pitch for the doors is around 6 p.m. on Friday against Presbyterian, also known as Tim Corbin's first head coaching job, and I don't think that was an accident. Tennessee, meanwhile, battled all the way back into the SEC title game where they lost 7-2 to the number one team in the nation, Arkansas, on Sunday. The Vols, however, did enough to also snag a top eight national seed as they enter the tournament as the number three team in the country. They will host Duke, Liberty, and Wright State in Knoxville this weekend in regional action. Should Tennessee advance, they will host the winner of the Eugene Regional featuring number 14, Oregon. This is a tough draw for Tennessee as Wright State is one of the best four seeds in the country and the highest scoring team in America. And Duke, of course, is scorching hot right now. But Dems the breaks in tournament baseball, so you got to deal with who you get. Tennessee will get started around 4 p.m. against Wright State on Friday. This is just the Vols' second NCAA tournament bid since going to the College World Series in 2005. They lost in the Chapel Hill Regional in 2019. Vanderbilt hasn't missed an NCAA tournament since, that's right, 2005. Arkansas is your number one overall seed. Mississippi State is your number seven overall seed. Ole Miss is number 12. And Florida is number 15, meaning six SEC teams will be hosting regionals this weekend. Alabama, LSU, and South Carolina all made the NCAA tournament as well. The SEC, of course, leads the nation with nine tournament bids. Once again, the Memphis Grizzlies played valiantly deep into the fourth quarter against the number one-seeded Utah Jazz. And once again, they just weren't good enough to knock off one of the NBA's best teams. Utah won Monday night 120-113 in Memphis and takes a three games to one lead back home for game five. For the second straight game, Memphis chased the Jazz around for the first three quarters but began the final frame on a huge run, making both games very winnable. But once again, Donovan Mitchell was exceptional, if not dramatic, down the stretch and Utah knocked down threes. The best three-point shooting team in the NBA made 19 triples in Game 3 and made another 17 in Game 4 on 50% shooting from behind the arc. Hard to win games against that. Memphis split the first two games in Utah and had a chance to split the second pair in Memphis. And both times in Games 3 and 4 simply could not make shots. Memphis will face elimination on Wednesday at 8.30 back out west in Utah. However, Memphis fans, I will leave you with this. According to the Bally Sports broadcast of the game, John Morant became just the fourth player in NBA history to score at least 100 points in their first four career playoff games. With his 23 points, Morant joined Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Wilt Chamberlain, and George Mikan as the only four players in NBA history to accomplish the feat. So at least you got that going for you. As I mentioned, Game 5, Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m. Central Time. Nashville SC is still unbeaten after a 2-2 draw in Atlanta this weekend, but it certainly didn't look like it for most of the game. Two goals from Hani Mukhtar in the final 10 minutes of the contest led to the boys in gold, third two-goal comeback of the year. The club now sits at 2-0-5 on the season with 11 points, which puts them technically in a tie for fourth place in the Eastern Conference after two months of action. However, after tiebreakers, SC actually sits down in seventh place overall. 
Nashville will get a couple of weeks off here before returning to action against the New York Red Bulls on June 18th in New York. Make sure you are tuned in to the Club and Country podcast out every Tuesday right here on the 440 Sports Network featuring the great Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan from clubandcountryusa.com. Check out that pod, Club and Country. Tuesday's docket coming up in just a second, but of course, special thanks to the Kingston Group for being our sponsor and making this show happen every single day for free for you guys. They are Nashville's locally owned award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. They are a company you can trust. My family uses the Kingston Group. You should use the Kingston Group. That's really all you need to know. BuildKG.com is the website. If you don't believe me, go check it out, BuildKG.com. Set up an appointment. Give them a call. They will talk through every step of their process that guarantees that your home comes to life exactly how you want it. BuildKG.com is the website. The Kingston Group. Remember the name, The Kingston Group. That's BuildKG.com. Well, here's what's coming up for you on Tuesday night. If you are a glutton for punishment or want to feel better about yourself, if you're a Preds fan, Tampa and Carolina will play game two beginning at 6.30 in their series, the Lightning, as expected, won Game 1. In the NBA, the Nets will try to close out the Celtics in Game 5 at 6.30. Portland and Denver play a pivotal Game 5 at 8 p.m. with the series tied at 2. And LeBron and the Lakers are a 5-point underdog to the Suns in the nightcap. That series is tied at 2 as well. There is all kinds of tennis as well from the French Open if you are into that sort of thing. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports on Twitter and Facebook, at 440 Media on Instagram. Please share the show. Just tell one person about it. That is how we grow it. We do appreciate it. This has been the 440 for Tuesday, June 1st. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.